0: All right, this is Lawyer Talk Special Wednesday Edition. Off the record, on the air with the Blitz coming up. Uh, you know, Jared, uh, hunker down here in the bunker. We've been doing these uh, these phone in Wednesdays. I'm I'm so used to going to the radio station at 99.7 The Blitz with uh, Loper and Randy that uh, it's a little bit awkward, but I think it's working. The social distancing oh. via podcast.
1: How long do you think uh, you're going to have to do it via uh, via via call-in?
0: How long? I don't know, man. Maybe we ought to just reach out to the World Health Organization and see what they got to say. Or maybe we we should ask Trump if, if he'd let us reach out to the World Health Organization.
1: You know, I mean, I, I listened to DeWine, you know, the, the governor talk. And then uh, I'll follow him on Twitter there, too, because he kind of posts some things out and goes through. And if you read through some of these comments that people leave, it's, it's insane the amount of fighting that's going back and forth. But as I've noticed between different things, there's a lot of the same people. Yeah. And they're just sitting there on their soapboxes, preaching this and preaching that and then just just like attacking each other. And I'll read through some of it until I'm just I can't take it anymore and I'll stop. And it's just uh I mean Twitter's been a good way to keep informed with your community. Like uh yesterday uh John called me and the, the power was out in, in Westerville. He was like, he was like, you know, hey, I'm up at the store. There's, you know, I mean, he was doing some work. We weren't open, but he was doing work in there. And uh, I went right on Twitter and, uh, you know, me and Westerville was on there and they said truck hit this and the power back on. So it's a good way to communicate on there. But it's still this social thing where people are quarantined in and some want out and some are scared to go out. And then they just start bantering back and forth by who's right and, and, and wrong. And
0: it, it's such an awful platform to engage in some sort of discourse. You know, it's not, it's like, it's, you know what it is? It's like a one-up contest. Twitter's just a virtual one-up contest. Who's got the best zinger to end it all. And I guess more important, who's willing to just say, I'm done. I'm turning my phone off. No more tweeting or tweeting for me. Uh, no-
1: and that was it. The other day, I came out and uh, and I and I listened to music. You know, I didn't listen to any news for one day, and and it, and I felt a lot better.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it it's it Sometimes, look, I was I I was rough a couple weeks ago. It was rough on me, and I and I just had to say, all right, stop engaging. I I just don't need to go down this path because it's it it. I get I actually do get anxiety when I start thinking about what's going on in this in our society, what's going on in the world, what our government is doing, what they're not doing. And you know when that runs afoul of how I, I, I fundamentally believe our Constitution is set up, man, it stresses me out and I just it, it, it's out of my control. It, it, I, I just have to do some cognitive uh, behavioral exercises to, to bring myself back down to earth. All right, so it looks like the blitz is calling, Randy and Lope are calling. Uh, we're about to go live. 99.7 free legal advice on Wednesdays remotely here from the bunker at 511 combining lawyer talk and the blitz uh all right so here we go
2: dial 821 if you need free legal advice on Loper and Randy better call Steve all right live from the short north in his studio it's Steve Palmer joining the show here what's up Steve hey good morning everybody how you doing hey so good pretty dang good man how was uh how was your long weekend we we've been off we, we just got back today did you have a long oh, weekend
0: yeah. uh no just a no. normal weekend you know normal weekend in the lockdown
2: yeah well uh, so what's lockdown for a lawyer like
0: <laughs> well you know it turns out that legal business is considered quote essential for whatever that means it doesn't mean there's a whole lot of legal business but the governor says it is essential Uh, So, for me, that means being in the office, that means fielding calls, that means uh, helping folks who need it. So, you're doing a lot more Zoom these days? Uh, There's a lot of Zoom going on, there's a lot of teleconferencing going on, just, uh, you know, and I think everybody, uh, or we're like everybody, we're trying to figure out the best way uh, it'll work going forward, uh, keeping our social distance. Yeah, I mean, they're doing everything over Zoom. I got a medical marijuana license on Sunday. Oh for zoom that's awesome
2: yeah it was pretty awesome isn't that crazy uh,
3: and yeah. he was able to go purchase it same day
2: i mean it's just uh, things got things a car
3: went to the doctor and the store all the same day i just
2: said these are this is life i mean this is how it works i'm just gonna i can't do even
3: do i guess i can do that with my regular uh, prescriptions yeah they sign a little paper i go to the thing get it the same day all yeah. right yeah that makes that's sense it's that medicine works. all I'm right just... back
2: to you Hey, Steve Palmer. So, we're going to take some calls here from the audience. 821 at 9970. We'll uh, also get some text messages that are coming in at 99700. So, I, I do have one question for you. People were asking, uh, they were sending in about this medical marijuana card. If you have one, can you still have a gun? That's like everyone's, you know, they, they like to write in that that's a fact. Is that
0: a fact? He- yeah, I think what it is is you're, you can possess a gun. I believe now. Certainly, you are not allowed to possess a gun under the influence of any drug of abuse. But anytime, I, though, right? Sure, that's anyone, right? Yeah, that's anybody. Um, but you know, if you've got a medical marijuana license, I, I think the fact is you are sort of signing up to be under the influence in, on some level. Now, the other the other side of that is that's what I was I am uh, almost certain that as soon as you have a medical marijuana license, you are not able to have a license to carry a concealed handgun. Yes, yes, yes. So what if you already have the concealed in carry? I'm pretty sure that that'll disqualify it. I mean, those two are are inconsistent with each other. You can't have both. All right, Rick, pick pick uh, Pick which one you want to hold, Rick. uh,
3: Are you going to court still? Is there still court going on?
0: Uh, there, there is court for, uh, I guess, very essential things. So that would include like new arrests or procedure that just absolutely has to happen. If you've been arrested and you have to appear before a judge within a certain time frame, they're going to bring you into court. Um, but there's a lot less of it. Uh, okay. you know, there, there's the enforcement is way down. Uh, people just aren't getting arrested like they were six, seven, eight weeks ago. One, because. Yeah, uh, you know, everybody's locked in. So you know, people who got in trouble typically did so after drinking, or after being out, or or after being at a concert. Uh, and then, secondly, the enforcement is down. I mean, if there's an offense that doesn't necessarily require jail, then the police are just going to issue a summons, and you'll have to show up in court after all this passes.
3: All right, I have one that just came in. All right, so this guy he said, "What if your boss insists on shaking hands?" But he's your boss, so you oh, yeah. can't say so you can't say uh no
0: because he's yeah, not a coworker. I, I, I mean, I got to look at "boss" as a term of art, meaning your employer. And if, unless your job is to shake hands and <laughs> that is part of it, I would say no. He doesn't. Get I to don't know how many times in radio
2: thing. people have said like, you know, hey, so you know, you're not opposed to shaking hands and kissing babies, are you? It's always been a thing That's that right, people, right. you know, that say to you at some point. It's kind of an old school thing to say, but I've had numerous people that were in positions of power say that to me. It's hilarious that you say, well, unless your job is, I was like, technically, that's what we signed right. up for, which is kind of weird yeah. in a way, but not theoretically, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I would guess uh, there are some alternatives to shaking hands. I mean, you just got to do uh, bump elbows if that's what you got to do. And I think that's going to change across society. I mean, our our, our traditional uh, handshake in our in our Western civilization is probably going to go away, I would think, after We this. start bowing. Yeah, Yeah, what's wrong with that, bro?
2: I bow to people all the time. I really do. Like, like, uh, people in martial arts, I mean, it happens all the time. Like, I I do it on accident sometimes. Yeah. You know? Is that right? I just never take my eyes off them. Let's say you get kicked in the face. Maybe a little nod and a wink. Yeah. Uh, Well, that might get you a lot in certain bars.
0: Yeah, it might.
3: Um, Can someone get a (laughs) divorce right now?
0: Uh, is that essential business? If your
3: wife's this, asking, just tell her no. This couple right here, <laughs> they think no. it's essential. They cannot live together anymore.
0: It, 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 yeah, they can, well, they can move out. I mean, they don't have to live together. I guess there's there's that option. But as far as getting divorced, I don't think that they're doing full-blown divorce hearings. Um, like even a dissolution uh, where you would just appear, and if it's all in agreement, I don't even think they're doing that. Maybe. I, I'm not positive. But my guess is no. Uh, that's probably going to have to wait. now. There may be a a way or a set of facts that would require or that that would uh, convince a court to let you go do that. But, man, if it can wait, nobody wants to go to court right now. I mean, just think about uh, where you might contract uh, illnesses and uh, start checking those places off. Court is going to be in the top three probably.
4: Uh Bryron, By the way, texted and he said he just got his card and then he bought a gun, but he cannot get the CCW. Well, what so I was hand
2: by yeah. So like, what I understood also was like, there's there's a little bit of a hiccup there with HIPAA. So like, it's not like with a weed card, a medical marijuana card, you're carrying that card around physically all the time. So if you did, if you were asked for your your CCW and you showed that identification, the chances of somebody else having their Medical marijuana card along with that would be slim to none, and from my understanding, is they're not allowed to necessarily ask about the medical marijuana, Steve.
0: Uh, well, HIPAA? they can ask. Uh, you, whether you have to answer is a different story, and you know, generally, HIPAA is not going to protect you from criminal behavior. I don't think. Sure. Least, well, it, actually, it might, um, or it might prevent you from having to disclose your own unlawful behavior, but it doesn't mean that what you're talking about is on the enforcement side. Could they sure. figure out? If you actually have a license to carry a concealed handgun and a medical marijuana card, uh, let's assume that they have to somehow investigate and prove that. That's, that's the side you're getting on. It doesn't mean that, though, they, it, it's inconsistent and unlawful to have both at the same time. It's just now you're talking about are they ever going to catch you?
2: Right. And, and by the way, this is not like a real problem in my life. for right. yeah. I mean, yeah, right. yeah, I have yeah. Rick with me with guns all the time, so I mean,
4: I'm not worried about it.
3: Rick the uh, blazer over here.
4: We, yeah. have, a, we have a question. Uh, you may need more details, but it says, what is the best way to get a record expunged? Uh, call me. <laughs> real simple. Yes, six Palmer. Four,
0: 224 6142 Yeah, that's now here's how it works, head. so... You know, generally on misdemeanors, you got to wait a year from the date that you are finished with your punishment. And that that means probation, fines, if you had to go to jail, that includes jail. Uh, and then you wait one year and you can apply to have your records sealed. We don't really expunge things in Ohio. On felonies, um, the clock starts at the same time when everything is done, but it's a three-year wait. What we have to, to take into account, though, is what the offense is. Not all offenses are eligible to be sealed. Uh Offenses of violence, like domestic violence, sometimes assaults, uh, you can't get those things sealed up. Uh, Other things, though, that are nonviolent or, you know, even thefts or anything regulatory, you can generally get those sealed up, even felonies. And they've really loosened up the expungement uh, criteria and requirements or restrictions in the last several years. So a lot more things are eligible uh, and a lot more people are eligible, even though they might have multiple offenses on their record.
2: So people are getting their stimulus checks and some people are not and that's due to them owing child support. So that's is that countrywide or is that
0: just in the state of Ohio? Man, I don't know. See, I I, I the one thing that I have yet to figure out is how the government, both federal and state, actually gets things like this done. But uh, and I and I've tried to follow the regulations on all of these stimulus checks. I've tried to follow the rules on when you get them, how you get them, how you even apply. And I can't figure it all out. But if folks aren't getting their stimulus checks and they owe back support, I would say that that is uh, that's a that's probably why. And whether that's nationwide, eh, I don't know. I, I'd have to just go do some research on it. Uh, and then I, I've heard people who should get their stimulus checks and just haven't. And some of that might be a scrivener's error or clerical error where, you know, maybe they put the wrong bank account down or something. There
2: like. was something that that really struck me as interesting uh, the other day that I heard that. Um, or read rather uh, from time and that is people that have not ever had a return meaning you file your taxes and then you assume that your information is on record but you're not a person that gets a return on a regular basis they may not have your bank information to direct deposit so it could be that you are in the waiting in the queue so to speak of people that are waiting for the actual physical check
0: Yeah, I, I, having a bank, bank account on record, while it might be uh, sort of uh, bother, worrisome, I guess, to some, just for privacy reasons, uh, to others who want their stimulus checks quicker, it's probably more likely to happen. Um, and then you're right, you're in the queue. Now, the, the problem with all of that is uh, they've already been delayed. I remember the first announcement came weeks ago when they said it's going to be big and it's going to be fast and we're going to get all this money out, and now just you know, just this last week you started hearing people about getting their their money. Uh, so delaying it even more because he don't have a bank account on record, man, that would suck. All right.
4: We have uh, multiple things coming in here about child support. We did have somebody earlier that said child support just took his stimulus check. They just, they just took it. Uh, this one says child support enforcement raised my child support, even though my ex and I have an agreed amount in our divorce papers. How do I get it changed back to the original amount?
0: Well, I'd be curious why, why it right. was raised. I mean, generally, that does not just happen. Generally, there's somebody who either one of the litigants, it's, well, it's got to be one of the litigants, would go in and, and request a, a change, either up or down. Now, if you're the receive or, you would say, I want more. If you're the payor, you would say, I want to pay less. Uh, generally, it doesn't work the way that it, it just magically goes up or down. There's usually some triggering event. And, and then what you can do, you can appeal at the administrative level. That's the CSEA, the Child Support Enforcement Agency. Uh, but ultimately, if you want the, the big guns, you go to court and a judge can order the support amount. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me that there's an agreed judgment entry on what the amount is. So t- this is this probably is telling me that maybe there isn't a court order or the judge didn't sign the agreement rather uh, they have a side agreement perhaps and csea doesn't know or you know it's it's perfectly uh feasible that csea just has made a mistake and uh shouldn't have raised it at all all right and
4: then the last one is the mother of my child wants to take me off of child support is she able to do that without the courts being
0: open ooh that's interesting uh you know i i don't know and and the the child support enforcement agency uh, may have the ability to do that. I just don't know. And without a judge uh, signing an order, uh, it's going to be far. Le- it seems to me, let me rephrase that. It seems to me the easiest way to get that done is there's an agreed judgment entry that a, that a judge actually signs. Both parties go in, they have an agreement, the judge signs it, and no more child support. Um, whether that could happen in the short term, I don't know. Now, the good news is, I think in the next several weeks, we're going to see courts starting to open up and, uh, Things starting to get done and, and certain courts may be open, uh, you know, for that kind of thing anyway. So uh, different counties have different things going on and, and different uh, uh, concerns about the virus and the spread of it. And you know, it just is what it is. We have to figure it out as we go. All right.
2: Steve Palmer, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only with us each and every Wednesday. And the cool thing is, if you like Lawyer Talk on our show on Wednesdays, he has a whole podcast of it you can get all the advice and answers to questions that you might not even hear on this show
0: and if they want to check it out how do they find it steve yeah it's real easy just uh go google lawyer talk off the record you'll find it wherever you find podcasts we have a website out uh lawyer talk uh you just google it and it'll it'll come right up so it's simple or look us up ohiolegaldefense.com if anybody needs any legal advice give me a shout 614-224-6142 my ma'am all right. So, you know, we're back on the lawyer talk side of things, virtually linking in with the Blitz on 99.7. You know, Jared, the the calls, it, it, it's it almost some of it surprises me. Some of it doesn't. It's like I sort of sense in my sense of all this is that folks are getting a little bit sick and tired of being home. I mean, and ironically, uh, who could have predicted this, I guess, that people are wanting to go into court and get divorced after being quarantined at home now for six or how many weeks five weeks for some six weeks maybe for others or less but uh no surprise there
1: now, i have a friend right now that's been going through a divorce for a while and i talked to him the other day and i said hey man said, how's that going he was like really nothing's going he was like we had a date but it's been postponed it's been moved he was like we're just waiting to hear back from the attorneys right now yeah so they're just put in limbo
0: and, and, you know, Loper was asking me about that. Like, what what really is, what's the legal business look like? Well, my they're all different, you know, but my business does rely a lot on courts and, uh, and, and everyday stuff that happens over there, just business. And uh, for folks who don't know, the Ohio Supreme Court even issued an order or a couple of different orders uh, talking or sort of tolling everything or postponing timelines that normally would, would move cases along. And uh, that basically is courts are on hold. I mean, they're doing the essential stuff, but I, it's very unlikely somebody's going to you can just walk into a court, especially here in Franklin County, and get divorced even without the shutdowns. Very quickly. I mean, now with the shutdowns, if somebody is like, "All right, honey, we need a divorce today," it's like in the best scenario ever, that wouldn't happen. You would still have to go and wait and file and. You've do You've got free. a year.
1: You know what I mean? You've got a year.
0: Well, you could do it quicker if you, if you happen to agree on everything.
1: It depends on if they're amicable. It depends on how their relation is. Depends, you know what I mean? If if they're good, if there's kids, you know, there's, there's so much to map out and go through on there.
0: No, but you're right. A contested divorce, that ain't happening fast anywhere at any time. Now during COVID, it ain't happening at all.
1: And if you look at the numbers in Ohio, they're like, you know, you're seeing the rates go up of people that are infected. The majority of these big spikes in numbers are all in the prison system. It's all the jails.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, this started for me almost the day of the the big announcement started. And people were calling me about their loved ones in prison. And, man, talk about frustrating. Uh, As as an attorney or criminal defense attorney, you know, I'm not unrealistic, nor am I. I guess, necessarily against prison as a sanction for certain offenses. But I do believe that there's a lot of folks sitting in prison, particularly state court prison, that just they, they don't need to be there. I mean, either they're at the end of their days or their term um, or, you know, whatever punishment was there, it was it's, it's good enough. Um, or maybe even the crime was some nonviolent thing. And, you know, if, if you have a chance of getting sick or you're at risk for other reasons, man, it just seems like there's got to be you know, there's gonna have to be some compassion here. Uh, because no matter what you did, nobody wants you to die from COVID.
1: No, and and there's no social distancing in the jail system. I mean, we I, we know. just they're, they're, that's that's not really available. You mean I mean, th- not everybody has their own
4: room.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, the argument I've made, which is sort of interesting, it, it dawned on me. It's like the the most effective arguments I feel I've made in the last several weeks on these kind of issues is not necessarily that the person for whom I am uh, arguing. Is is liable to get sick and, and die, uh, not that I don't care about that, but you have to sort of presume it's like, all right, well you can you can guess the prosecutor doesn't care because they're the ones that prosecute him in the first place, the judge judges, uh, the one that put him in prison in the first place. But what about what about the system itself? So if you're going to flatten the curve as a society, and like you said, Jared, most folks or most of the numbers right now are from folks in prison. Uh, you've got to take steps to quarantine those. So it, it stops. It's not like people are not going in and out of prisons. Guards go there every day for work and, um, you know, they're bringing it in and out. And and then the other question is how many beds do they really have? Like if you can, if you can take somebody who's got like less than say six months left on a, on a sentence that was longer in the first place and say they're of the age and have one of the, one of the other, uh, uh conditions like diabetes or some other respiratory problem in their past, You know, it's like, let that guy out or let that gal out because save a bed for somebody who shouldn't get out. So that's sort of how I looked at this. And it's like, all right, so you got somebody who's in there for murder and they're doing life. All right, that individual or say 15 years for something or longer sentence. You know, that individual is committed a violent offense. They're not getting out. Now, if they get sick, it doesn't necessarily mean we want to kill that person. Otherwise, we would have uh, or tried to with the death penalty. So we want to try to save that person or give them medical care or the health care they need. And if the system is bogged down dealing with people who should, who, who are going to get out in a few months anyway, we'll let those people out and save the bed for those who need it. I think they
1: only let out like 13 people. I, I mean, it's the, 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 there was like 280 that applied. Yeah. And I think they let out something like 13 people. Yeah. And, uh, and then you got, you know, the, 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 bridal shower, I think it was the companies that bridal shower. And uh, they they tried to sue the state for unconstitutional for closing them down. I know Judge Marley came in and said that he you know he he declined it. He went through it. He said we couldn't have every single business coming in here and mitigating all of this going through. Yeah, but they said continue on. They're going to go over the head.
0: Yeah, and and you, I think we're going to see a lot of different lawsuits. See, right now, what we're going to see are these sort of injunctions. Like, we have an emergency. If we don't do something now, I'm going to lose everything, and that's uh, that's an emergency. But then after the fact, I mean, then what? Like, uh, there's no. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of folks suing the state or suing different people to try to make up for the losses that they have. I, I sort of look at this. It's going to. Look, lawyers are horrible, right? Everything I look at is like this, this logical thing. But, you know, in our Constitution, we have something called the Takings Clause, and I believe it's the Fifth Amendment. So everybody who knows about eminent domain or, or has heard of the government taking private, say, farmland to build a road or taking uh, some other property of a, of a private person in order to effectuate a government interest, um, under certain circumstances the government can do that but then they have to give you fair compensation uh, for what they took and if you know when they built the new 161 going out towards you or going out towards newer you know there was that I remember seeing that ODOT sucks sign there for how long right they took that still there
1: it's still there the guy owns it there's a story behind the ODOT sucks sign it's where they closed everything off and built up to where it decreased the value of his land so much that he pays the tax on it and and he won't sell it he won't get rid of it and he just paints Odoc Suts on there he hasn't lived there anymore but he pays the tax on it just to have that sign on his house
0: yeah so there was probably some sort of taking they,
1: they didn't buy the land they didn't buy his they bought around him you no, see sure. what happened was they got money he got no money and his value of his house went to you know it just i mean it just sunk. It was worth nothing.
0: Yeah, this is like the squatter in like uh, in the city where they built all the big buildings around him, but he was the last person to sell, I guess. But, but you know, maybe that was a bad example there because there's probably some extra facts in that. <laughs> but I do – everybody – I know some folks who have had land taken away by the federal government, and they didn't necessarily want to sell it, but they did. They had to and under eminent domain or something else. Well, look at it this way. If, say, uh, somebody's got a small business. A restaurant. And the government has now taken that away from them, taken it away. Now, I'm not saying the government didn't have a good reason. They may have, you know, th- there may have been a really good reason to do it. But we have to analyze these kind of things. And we will going forward, not in terms of what, say, Europe is doing, or the rest of the world is doing, certainly not China, because they can take whatever the hell they want. And that's just the nature of their government. Ours is different. We have that pesky Bill of Rights and Constitution in the way. And I, I always try to analyze everything. All right, what's the governmental power being employed here to do what they're trying to do? And I, the, only, the justification I can come up with here is we have a taking by the government of some property owned by a citizen, their business. Uh, maybe they took away their ability to do business. Maybe they took away their employees or whatever, however you want to say it. Now the question is can the government or should the government compensate that person for what they've taken? And I think that's going to be where that, – that's how I justify or that's how I, I rectify, rationalize. That's how, I, that's how in my head I can understand and comprehend the, the, quote, stimulus stuff. So it's not socialism when you have a government that took your business, your very ability to work and, and alienate and sell your own labor away from you. And then it's, I don't think it's hardly socialism to say then that when you accept their compensation, their stimulus money in exchange, uh, that's hardly socialism. That's the government compensating you for what it took. I'm not saying the government didn't need to take it. They, you know, it's assumed that they did because of the virus, but, uh, the government in fact did it.
1: But that's not, it's not even close to socialism because I guess we, we want to go on this route. I'll start out with restaurants. They took at least 90% of their business. Yes, they're allowed to do carry out and pickup, but they've got two cooks and somebody running the orders. They took 90% of their business right there. Now, when they allow them to reopen, which is going to go through phases, and they're going to be some of the last, they have said that they will have to reduce their seating. So if you've got 100 seats, they want you to seat 25. So now they're going to take 75% of your in-house business. So, at best bet, you went from losing 90% to losing 50%. Yeah. Okay. Devastating and could put you out of business as it is losing 90% over a period of time. You will also gravely suffer and it could be, it, it could kill the business with losing the 50%. Now, not only that, so now you used to see it, I'm just using 100 as, as a number. You had 100 seats. Well, now you can only do 25 people at a time. And so you don't need all the waitresses. You used to have five waitresses, you know, waiters, waitresses. Now you only need one, two, right? So now as the business owner, you have to choose who can work and who can't work. And what does that do for morale of the business, which is already let down? They might not be mad at their boss or anything of that nature, but they, now the owner has to be like, okay, chef, you can come back and pick two guys. We don't need, you know, I mean, we don't need as many hands on deck because our capability of feeding this amount of people aren't there. So then they want to offer up these, you know, uh, payroll protection loans, and you hear it on the news and on the media and how easy it is to get, and and they'll 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 forgive the they'll forgive it, you know. Well, you know, I mean, we're business owners here, brother. And I've looked into it. and We've been going through with it, and it starts out that the small business loan there that you're going to get from the SBA is actually coming from the bank's money. And the bank has had to previously do business with the SBA. Not all banks, some small banks aren't set up to do business with it. So then they give you the money, and they're stating in there from the time you get the money, you have to, within the first eight weeks, spend 75% on payroll. Well, it ran out of money. We've all heard that, that there's an influx that everybody files. Well now here's the problem is that you wanted to get in there cuz you knew the money would run out but now you're a restaurant and they just said okay here's this money and if you follow these rules you can apply it's not a guarantee if you follow the rules you're allowed to apply for forgiveness which in the end they might find something they're like oh no nope, we're not going to forgive it so now you've got to oh, you owe this money but if you want to follow the rules to where you can apply And you're a restaurant and they just gave you the money. Well, who are you going to pay in the first eight weeks whenever you're not even open?
0: All right. This is, uh, and and, you know, there may not be a good answer for this. I don't profess to have them, but what you're pointing out is all sorts of stuff. I mean, first start with the economics of it. All of a sudden, you got a restaurant that their capacity was, say, cut in half. Even at full force now, fully open, they're doing 50% of what they used to do. All right. So what are the what's let's just sort of speculate what the what the ripple effect of that is, like you pointed out less employees so fewer people working there all right so fewer shifts uh fewer people uh and that's less money going into the economy now it's not like these restaurants before operated on a huge profit margin you know some some maybe more than others, but you know these people these kind of businesses are, are razor thin. You know, they got their profit and they're making money, but uh, there's a lot of competition. It drives it down. So uh, think about their leases that they have. They have, you know, anybody who knows anything about leasing space uh, knows that. All right. It's based on a square footage uh, calculation. And if you had a restaurant with a thousand square feet or whatever it was before, and now you can only use half of it, what's going to happen there? It's like, you can't pay your lease. And, that So there's going to be either a renegotiation with a landlord or you're going to close or move. Um, then take it a step farther. If you can't do either of those things or, or a little bit of you cut your labor force, you close your you, – you, you try to renegotiate your lease, but you're never going to quite get to where you were with your profit margin. So you have to then say, well, why would I do this job in the first place if I'm only making – uh, Fifty cents on the dollar that I made before, and that was pretty thin anyway. Why do it? Uh, and then, uh, where does anybody think the cost is going to be uh, pushed back on us?
1: Yeah, right? so it's it's far from the socialism. This right. is you know I mean, and 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 they're giving loans out and, and offering them out. It will work for some, but some it's 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 not going to work for them. Yeah. Um, and, and the restaurants, I mean, everybody's been hit hard, but I would have to say they're, they're the hardest hit, especially here in central Ohio. Yeah. I mean, they were the first ones that got forced to close down, you know, and they're going to be the last ones, the to reopen. I mean, not thinking we've got the schools, that's a whole nother, nother group yeah. of mess.
0: Well, and like the restaurants, particularly, like you said, I mean, the first and the last, um, but it also, I think it, 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 the analogy I, I came up with when this first started, it's like, there's a, there's an ember anybody who's built a fire knows this, you get to a certain point where you got the hot coals and you can throw anything on there, wet, whatever it'll burn. Um, and it just keeps the economy going. That is the, those people in that industry, um, are the folks who keep things moving. Now you've got the, you got some of the servers and the chefs and the people who are sort of lifers who do it profe- Like for, that's their career and they're really good at it and they make a lot of money at it. But for a lot of folks, it, for kids, who are just uh trying to get through school it's a step on the on the job ladder, you know, so they're making their their, their first job is getting experience being a server and they take that experience into the professional world uh because they've learned to deal with people they there's fewer people getting that now, and it just is this it'll be this ripple effect that has an impact on the economy because the burning embers are going to be cut in half, and the those folks aren't going out to other bars and restaurants and spending their own dollars they're not going to uh, CVS to buy whatever they would buy. The luxury items are going to get cut, and that has a really, really long-term impact on any economic system. Uh, and like you said, the the, the PPP loans. I mean, ugh. <laughs> I, I I appreciate what the government was trying to do, um, but
1: but it's it's confusing for what you, you hear on the news, and it's going through. You know, what I mean, the trillions of dollars that's going out to 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 help these small businesses and go through, and you know, I mean, when the timeline comes through and then all of that money that they, that they allocated, you hear this trillions that didn't all go to these loans, you know, it's bundled right. up and there's, there's plenty of pork and other things are put on there that you don't even know where it's going. I mean, some of that money went to, uh, to, to NPR you know, to public radio, Yeah, you know, so it wasn't all allocated for small businesses. Some of it was allocated for the media. And they're still going, but let's think about the media. Uh, the Blitz, a lot of restaurants, you know what I mean, would advertise on the Blitz. You bet. Well, what they don't have any advertising budget, A, because they don't have any money. B, they're not open, so why would they be advertising? You know, so yeah, they, they the sales force there is down.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it just the impact is once you start really letting your brain go on, on speculating, or not even speculating, sort of contemplating. Uh, all the people in in the layers and layers and layers of our system that is going to feel this impact. I mean, it's almost staggering to think about. Um, And then, you know, the government loan, the PPP loan, I like like the idea of it. Um, But I think we're going to find that all this government action, while the best it could be under the circumstances, perhaps, I'll give them that, um, there's going to be unintended consequences resulting from it. And I think your example is a great one. You're a business and they're starting to open up and you applied for this loan because you're hoping that you're going to get it. And maybe you can bring your employees back when they open up and you can, you can use it to jumpstart your business. Um, But then you get it before anything opens up and you have eight weeks to spend it. And now what, right? What are you going to do? Like hire a bunch of people, let them twiddle their thumbs, maybe cut your grass, rake your leaves, paint your house. And then uh, you're gonna you're gonna lay them off again in eight weeks because you still you're, it's not still it's not open yet. Yeah,
1: you know I mean so they they, they should allow grace on it, but then again you got to remember I'm I'm reading through this I'm talking to the bank I'm looking on the the government websites and this is all brand new. Yeah. So there's nobody I can call and ask like on other loans and other things in our nature and our, in any business you call a professional you call an accountant. you call this right here and you can get you know I mean if you have got legal problems you call an attorney but even on this right now, they were asking you questions on the blitz there about the stimulus checks. And you're kind of like, oh, you know, nobody knows, you know, because yeah. you had, you had a caller in there that was like, you know, are they taking it? Because, uh, you know, I mean, I owe, you know, child support yeah. and is coming out of there. Some people aren't going to get it. If you haven't filed 2019 yet. Yeah. You have, to, you have to have filed for your 2019. Well, they did that big extension to help everybody out. You can give us your money later. So a lot of
0: businesses, can't
1: get your stimulus. You can't push it off. But down to a lot of accounting firms needed that because they couldn't have their offices full of people. You know, we have the social distancing. Think about the pop-up tax places that go in the strip malls. You can walk in there and they've got a waiting room and little cubicles and people are hustling and bustling around and they're getting the work done. Well, they had to shut down right at the time whenever a lot of people were just finishing up.
0: Yeah. And, and think about that. It's like your accountant banks on two or three months a year to make their nut for payroll, for expenses, for everything. And then they, you know, they save that back and they can just sort of level out the year and they didn't get that. And it's not like they had a, a, a way to plan on that. You know, it's like, that's a business where you have to ramp up every year and spend a lot of money to deal with the influx of business And you want to keep your staff going all year, so you you count on that, and then you didn't get it this year. And you know, I think your point's a good one. They let you postpone filing of your tax returns and your money, except if you did that, you don't get your check. And it's like, you know, the right. And I don't blame any of this on anything other than uh, how how do I say this nicely? The government sucks, man. And I don't mean that in in a way that it's like it's not necessary. It is necessary, but how on earth? Would somebody in Washington D.C. understand what's going on in Grandview, Ohio, with with the business model, or Arkansas, or California, or anything local like that? It's impossible. Anybody who's managed any number of people, it doesn't it doesn't scale up exponentially. It gets harder. Or it, may, it doesn't scale up proportionally; it, it scales up exponentially. So, d- being in charge of two or three people is totally different than being in charge of ten or twenty. It's it's a different; everything is different, and you can't just say that. All right, well, the federal government's good at this, so we're going to let them do everything, and they're going to know how Jared Blinsky operates his store in Westerville, Ohio, and be really, really good at telling you uh, wh- wh- what you need and what you don't. And in effect, that's sort of what the government has done their best, uh, and that maybe that's the best way to put it. They've done their best to do by saying, all right, we need to create these rules like you have to use it in eight weeks because we don't want abuse. But I think as a result, they're going to get more abuse. They're going to get people just taking the money and, and employing their friends and who were working for them before and say, here you go. Now, maybe that's a good thing because they'll be off unemployment for eight weeks. I don't know.
1: I, 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 you know, that's, that's just it. The the new rules that they, that they doled out. is like, you need some leeway in there, but the last thing you want to do is like for a business and why I do believe it would work is because now you've been closed down, which means a lot of people down to retail or whatever, you need product. A lot, a lot of times you weren't able to get product. You need You need to revamp it. You, you know, I mean, things got scary. Your business is closed. You haven't ordered anything. And so you got money set aside because you know, you'll need your help and labor. Well, this way, you're allowed to pay them, take any money that you had saved up, you're allowed to buy, you know I mean, invest back into your business because everybody's business plan is going to change in some way, in some fashion. Yeah. Maybe a year or two down the road, it'll kind of go back. But when we open up in, in two weeks or whatever it is, nine days now, and it's not everybody opens, it's, it's a strategy, you know, I mean, you're still going to have the social distancing. You're still going to not... People can't loiter, which means they can't sit in a waiting room. Um, People can't, you know, things like, I mean, that's just one thing with my business. I am going to have to remap and change the layout of the floor in a retail store. I'm going to have to, there's a lot of changes and things that are going to go with it. I'm meeting with my team and I told them, let's get together. We got eight weeks to perfect it and change our business so that we stay and we can keep going and run it.
0: Well, I think. yeah, well, exactly, and what you're saying is, it's not like we're picking up right where we left off. It wasn't like a pause. It was a, it was a cosmic shift, in everything. So I can't just start my business up on May one or whenever it is and expect the same volume that I had on February one. No chance. And and think how long. Now when I started practicing law, it was Steve E. Palmer, attorney at law. I had one employee. That was me. And then I had a partnership and we had two and then we added over the years, uh, a staff one and she became our manager. And then, you know, we had, then we added another staff, you know, it's like, I didn't have six employees overnight. It it took years and years years. and years. Years. And it'll be the same going back. You know, it's like, you don't get that overnight just because it's open again.
1: That's where I was at. And that's why I have to change a lot too, is because, you have to look at it, Dan, and you're like, well, it's horrible. Somebody that you work for for years and they've done nothing wrong, but you might be looking as an employer to have to let people go. And, or, or you have to pick, it's a horrible decision. It's like, you can work. You can't. You know I mean, does that mean I like you more? You bet. You know I mean it's just, it's, 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 you know what I mean? It's, it's just a, a horrible situation to be in. And, and that's the way it's going to have to go. Like I said, in the restaurant industry, think about it. They had, eight great servers, but they can only, you know what I mean? They don't have eight tables now, you know what I mean? So it's, they're going to have to be like, well, Sally, you can come, but Joe, you got to stay at home, you know? And they, and, and, and that is just, that is just a horrible, it's just horrible.
0: It it is awful.
1: So then I look at some of these comments there, like I I missed a DeWine speech. So I go to his Twitter feed and, and he puts the highlights or he doesn't, because it's popping up as he's talking sometimes. And I look at these responses and people are like, we can't, you know, I mean, June 1st at best, you know I mean? I can't believe people are choosing money over, over lives. And it's always like, this is like, oh, all you care about, all people care about is their business, business, business. And, and I, I when I see that, I'm like, I feel bad. It's like it, we're, the evil business isn't out here to. to
0: right. We, nobody <laughs> wants to kill anybody. Right. So it, it's, it's so. Let's just get both ends of the perspective. I read a post and it was somebody who uh, I like and, and professionally and, and personally, I'm, I'm friendly with, and that individual's post was like this three paragraph thing on Facebook. Uh, and the big, and the huge point of it all was a complaint about having to go back to work on May 1st or thereabouts, but the kids didn't go back to school. So it was like, what what do they expect me to do for daycare? All right. Well, that particular individual had a job that permitted work at home with full pay for the last six weeks. There are many, many, many people who have not had a paycheck, have not had unemployment, have not had anything other than bills stacking up for the same period of time, and they are chomping at the bit to go do what they've done their entire lives, that is get back to their small business and make it work, um, it, and it's not to say one is more right than the other, but there are definitely two perspectives to this. So, and I would I would venture to take a guess: most of the people who advocate a longer shutdown are collecting a paycheck and working from home, or or some version of a paycheck and working from home. Most of the people who are advocating for getting back are not getting paid right now, and whatever they're getting paid through unemployment, even if that is a pittance compared to what they were making before and there's just nothing they can do about it. and it's not like they were able to change their their spend structure. you know that they' developed that over how many years. So it is these two huge polar opposite positions. Now the daggers getting tossed back and forth as a result of that is, is what I think you're getting at here. It's like on the one hand, these people who have been advocating a longer shutdown somehow accuse the small business person who wants to go back to work, of some nefarious motive, like you're just callous. You don't care. You don't care about the people dying. And you know, the, the business person is saying, well, look, can't we come up with some way to do both here? You know, I'll, 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 I'll do whatever I need to do to get my business. I, I want to work. I need to get paid. I need to pay my mortgage. I need to pay my whatever. I need my, I need food on a table for my family. And it's just a different mountain they're standing on. And neither is who's to say one is right. The other is wrong, but you can't just, name call about it. You know, it's not, uh, that's not fair.
1: I had to lay off everybody, but one guy, including myself, I'm still working, but there's, there's nothing coming in and I've got two of my employees that have five weeks of unemployment pending. They have received nothing. They have filed each time and they've received nothing. And so they want to come back to work. They want to work. They are willing to work and, and, and they want to come back to work.
0: Yeah, and and you know the other the other observation I had here, I think I sent you a text one night because I you know I can't shut my brain off ever, um, and I just started to contemplate this. I've heard uh, folks of a certain political bent, uh, maybe they don't like the big box stores, maybe they don't like the WalMarts, the Targets, the the my the, the 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 big corporate entities that sort of come in and put out of business all the mom and pop organizations in a local town, right? I mean that's been the narrative, and I'm not taking a position on that one way or another. I'm just pointing it out. Um, but what's gone on with this is doing nothing except stimulating those big stores. So Walmart gets to sell or sells groceries. So they're essential, but they also sell tobacco. They also sell uh, alcohol. They also sell uh, all sorts of things that if you were a unique mom and pop store, you couldn't sell. I mean, you know, my neighbor had a fire and lost all the clothing in their bed. I mean, literally, I mean, nothing. And as a, as a good neighbor, I was like, all right, let's get a gift card. And, and I was thinking, all right, where would that individual happen to go shop for clothes? Like, well, it doesn't freaking matter. They got to go to Walmart or Target.
1: Meyer. There you go. That's it.
0: Or maybe Kroger marketplace. That's it. They don't have an option. Uh, the clothing stores are closed and, you know, and not to say they would have not gone to another big box store, but the point is, is that whoever just sold clothes is out of business. But if they happen to sell clothes and uh, groceries or some other deemed essential, uh, they're allowed to be in business and they're raking it right now, man. So it's emboldening and empowering the evil big corporate stores that put all the mom. In, I mean, that's what this is now. Is is there a choice? I don't know. I'm not suggesting there is, but I'm just saying at least, at least call it what it is.
1: Well, the stimulus money's going out and no, small businesses are open. So they don't get to receive the money. Right. it just, it just goes that fast. And, you know, I mean, down to it, to where they, you know, in a, for a while in Ohio there, we have, we have stores here that are CBD stores. They sell them the CBD product. You know, I sell it in my store along with my babe, but they sell them a of CBD. Uh, they closed them down, you know, not even allowed to do curbside pickup yet. The, the Ohio run medical marijuana dispensaries are are still open and running yeah and i get a call from a friend he's like man i just got gas and they got big signs out there that says now sell cbd because the gas stations are allowed to be open and so they're they're going to capitalize and they're going to jump right on and they're allowed to sell they're allowed to work we're not allowed to work
0: yeah these and- are these are the unintended consequences of government regulation now i'm not saying that you didn't need some regulation that's not my point now i would argue for less always but uh, the, I guess, but you have to at least acknowledge that it's impossible to do this, uh, and can cons- and take into account everything that's going on. It's just so many diverse interests. I mean, the best argument I have ever read against uh, socialism or communism is that the individual, if you put, say, if you supplant, say, your management of your business, Jared, and you give that control to somebody else thousands of miles away and say, do it. Uh, Think about all the decisions that you make every single day and how you have come to the point where you can make those efficiently, economically, and with everybody's best interest in mind. You have learned that skill by running that business for years. And And even then it's difficult. And I think about all the stuff that I buy and sell every day in my small little law firm. You know, if I need paper clips or if I need paper or where do I get this or what's my supply chain for office supplies or how much should I pay for my copy machine or I need a new shredder. Is it cheaper just to go to the shredding place or should I just buy a shredder? Or uh, how often do I need to really shred? Can I, You know, every every one of those decisions has a process that goes into it. And this isn't necessarily a criticism of, uh, some other government actor who purports to be able to do it, it is that they don't have the experience to do it. They, there's no way they couldn't do it as efficiently as I could. And then multiply that by how many thousands of businesses people want the government to run. It would never, I mean, it, it's a disaster waiting to happen, not to mention the corruption, not to mention the corruption, right. Right.
1: You know, and, and the, so you know, and then what was the what was the other question we had there coming on the caller? You know, somebody wanted to get their 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 the seal. You know, that's 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 like you said. You got to call you. You got to come in and sit down because there's there's a whole run on that. But like you say, they're going to be backed up. That I mean, how long do you think the courts are going to be backed up, or do you think it's going to flow go pretty smoothly?
0: I think it's going to be a. I'm not going to call it a disaster, but it's going to be a bit chaotic. I mean, there's going to be stuff flying around when, when the general doors open again, I mean, I've got cases bumped out to June, July, May, June, July, and I've tried and tried and tried to really get things resolved. Um, but the best I've been able to do is just sort of stack them up. So when it does open and that's, that's good at least, I mean, at least I've got something done on a few cases, but take, take the normal volume, grind that to a halt, push that all the way. That's like anybody's ever been sick. That's a good analogy. Like you got sick from work. And every day at work, your normal days, you come in, you do, uh, you check your calendar, you return your emails, you uh, maybe you have to you have to go through a report or two, or do your expense report, whatever it is you do for your job, you do it daily. Now, if you miss a day, you're doing twice that the next day, and if you miss three days, you're doing three times that when you come back, plus what you got, and then you get to the point where it couldn't be done in a day at all, and instead, it just is. It turns into this catch what you can as fast as you can and pray. That's what court's going to be like.
1: And I wonder, I mean, I wonder what the turnout is going to be of people, you know, uh, you you know, I don't know that they're going to open up the theme parks, you know, they haven't even said they're going to open up school in fall.
0: Yeah. I I don't know yet. Although I'll tell you this, man, I was out, uh, driving around. We just took a, we had the dog. We took the dog. We were driving around and for the first time, and this was the nice day earlier this week, it must've been, um, (laughs) Maybe Monday or Tuesday. It was a Tuesday, I think. That yesterday? No, no, no. It was Monday. It was Monday. Um, and for the first time, I was driving down the road. I think it was uh, Sawmill Road or Bethel, Sawmill or Bethel in that area. And I got cut off, and then I started to look. And I did. It's like I I, I didn't even know what to do for a second because I've been driving to and from the office, and I, I I stay away. It's been empty. But for the first time in weeks i got cut off and i looked around and there was traffic everywhere all the parking lots of say home depot lowe's target i mean people were just out and i looked at my wife and i said people are done they are sick of this it's a gorgeous day they do not want to sit at home anymore And it doesn't mean they're callous. It doesn't mean they don't care. It doesn't mean they're stupid or ignorant. It just means that they're human and they got it. I mean, they they can't last forever. It just can't. We don't don't roll that way. It's no way to live.
1: They needed to go to Home Depot and put in their gardens. It's that time of year. You know, you're stuck around the house. You're going to need to go get a few things. You're going to need to take care of some business on there but then they're going to start stipulating and putting new regulations like the masks, you know, and I'm standing in line at Kroger's. I see this guy drop his mask down, take his gloved hands and rub around his face where his mask was probably, you know, irritating him. And, uh, there's people that have breathing problems like asthma and stuff that don't need to be wearing a mask, Yeah. you know? Uh, and, and at the beginning don't wear the mask and, and it makes people touch their face too much and oh, bandanas are good. And, This whole mask thing, if you want to and you feel better wearing it, please have at it. But I don't see where the government can come in.
0: Well, you're going to get so much blowback on that. And I'm I'm, I'm on your side a little bit on that. But, you know, let's say they say now that masks, it's designed to protect everybody else. If you have it, you're not going to spread if you're wearing a mask. But if you do exactly what you just described, because you're wearing a mask, you're more likely to get uh, it touch something. No, say I have it. And yeah. if, if, if the mask is to make it so you don't get it and I have it, I'm wearing my mask, except the mask irritates my face so much that I have to do what you just described. I, I end up wearing my gloves and I, I rub my face and then I reach down and I touch the credit card terminal or I touch a product at a grocery store, check the uh, check that what's in it and decide I'm going to get the other jello. And I put that one down. Well, now I've spread the germ not, uh, because I had the mask instead of, uh, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have touched my face and then spread it that way. So, you know, these are, I'm not saying that means or a dumb idea, but I mean, it, it means that it's not the end all be all solution. And, and then you, you brought up a great point. It's like, what's the government power that lets them mandate that kind of stuff. And, you know, you could, you could argue various reasons to, uh, justify that, but, I, anytime there's a power play by the government or more power, uh, usurped by the government, I think it's at least worthy of some discussion as to what's the goal because they don't ever give it back.
1: No, no, they keep it. The rules stay the power. They, 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 like that. And then it comes down to, like I said, so Pennsylvania closed their liquor stores. Yeah. Ohio's liquor stores are open. They're, they're, uh, run by Ohio. I mean, they're, they're mandated to there, but they're privately owned. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, people, people own these, these are their business. And then for the governor to come out and say that you can only sell liquor to people that Ohio ID. I mean, this is the United States of America. Yep. And you can't just say you can, you can only sell to Ohioans.
0: Well, I mean, that, or can you, or can you not? I mean, now you could argue that there may be some premise for that authority, but um, look at what you're really doing. I mean, say, you lived in Indiana back in the 80s and 90s. I think Indiana, I don't know what Indiana's laws are now, but they had no Sunday sales. So what, what happened? A bunch of uh, entrepreneurial Ohioans decided, I'm going to put gas stations, convenience stores, and other places just across the border so I get to sell beer to folks who want it in Indiana on Sundays. They made their business model on that. Uh, and, you know, it, all of a sudden that would be gone because of a rule like that. So now you have a store that was in place only for that purpose. Now it's out of business and you know, it might, it might've sounded like a good idea, but then you got to think, you're not just helping Pennsylvania, you're hurting your Ohio businesses too. And then what about the dude who, uh, and this is say Pennsylvania passes that rule and now the dude who's an alcoholic, I think Dr. Pulaski brought this up with us. You know, the dude is an alcoholic who is at major risk of getting the DTs and dying unless they get their drink. Uh, they can't get that. So now that person uh, can't even go to Ohio. So, I, I, you know, everybody wants, everybody uses the term diversity, but we have to recognize that what diversity is, it means we're all different. Everybody's got different needs and different thoughts and different uh, ideas of what makes them happy, what doesn't, what what what's fun and what's not, and what they do and what they don't do, different interests. I mean, you can't just blanket rules over people and expect it to be good for everybody.
1: Yeah. And that, that's just it. You know, all the call-ins that you get, are, where's the stimulus? Can I get a divorce? You know I mean? It's, it was all quarantine questions. Mm-hmm. You used to get calls before about a friend or somebody that got pulled over. And this, you know I mean? The, those calls are just not there. I, they will come back, you know what I mean? And, and we'll see, and, you know, who knows people might be so pent up that you're about to get real busy Steve. You know, people might go out and lose their minds
0: And you know, I, I'm not, that's you're right. There's going to be some, some pushback soon. And the other thing that I think I'm going to see a lot of in a couple of years, it it circles back to what we're talking about. These loans, these grants, these uh, packages that the government's doling out. Here's what the pattern is. And this happened in 08. Uh, There was some governmental regulation that encouraged lenders to lessen their standards for mortgages. And for the first time in 100 years, the standard torchbearer of the lending world, the 30-year fixed mortgage with uh, a certain X list of, or a certain list of criteria was abandoned. And it turned into a monumental disaster. Well, it wasn't like five years later after the 08 crash, the government said, well, we screwed that one up and and change the regulations on these banks. And instead of making them, instead of only buying through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the 30 year fixed notes, we decided we're going to buy all sorts of other notes. Um, no, the government didn't say that. What did they do? They prosecuted everybody who took advantage of it. And not to say those people, a lot of those people, I represented a lot of them. They should have been prosecuted. Um, others were just doing what they were doing. You know, they were just doing what the law let them do. And we're going to see in two or three years, something very similar. I think where businesses Uh, We're just trying to do what they were doing. And then the more Uh uh, the nefarious actors there are, there's a lot of play in the joints here for some pretty shady uh, activities with this money. And it is going to happen.
1: And like you said, sometimes it might not happen. They were, they were doing it for survival.
0: Some were doing it for survival. Others are just gaming it.
1: uh, Others are not, but there's going to be mistakes that are going to be made by people that weren't, they, you know, what I mean, they messed up here. They, 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 the, numbers were wrong there. They didn't get this paid through there. Yep. I mean, it, you know what I mean? It's going to be, cause there's going to be some serious struggles out here, Yep. you know, and, and it, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I mean, the good news is that, you know, we're going to come out of it.
0: Well, I, I sensed that day and I, I'll wrap it up with this. That day I was out driving around, I was talking about it. It felt good people, it wasn't that people were sick of it and they were out there just marauding and doing horrible things. It's like, it it felt, I think people were in good moods and it felt good. It felt like, all right, I I had this weird sort of, uh, uh, happy feeling where I just, I I just thought, all right, this, we're going to be back. You know, we will come back from this and all we need to do, like any difficult challenge is start somehow some way start and then let, uh, the American people do what the American people do succeed. Right. That's it. That's what we need to do. Um, all right. So
1: overcome so and diversify
0: Yeah, as, you as, know,
1: that's what we'll have to do.
0: Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it's like, look at, I'm already seeing angles and avenues and places where we're going to have new businesses popping up because of what's going on. And, um, you know uh, that's what that's what ingenuity does i mean if if somebody made a widget before they're going to make uh, an x widget now because that's what the population needs and they're going to be able to sell that and then uh, tweak it and then sell it better or make it better and sell it more you know it's like uh, it, all of that uh, can still happen all we have to do is get out of the way keep everybody safe with the minimal regulation that's necessary and then let us do it that's that's my that's my philosophy. So maybe I'll call up. Uh, we, you know, we got the capacity right here in the studio, Jared, I could get uh, Donald Trump over here on this screen and I could get old Pelosi over here on the other screen and you and I could tell them how it's got to be.
1: We could just solve it right there. Really? He's like, okay, here's the deal. We we, we got a plan. We have got, got it for you. Just, just here you go. Run with it.
0: There you go. And, and, you know, if you want to talk to Doc Pulaski, we'll bring him on too.
1: So I guess the moral of the story is wash your hands.
0: Yeah. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't pick your nose. Don't rub your eyes. Don't lick your thumb and touch paper. Uh, If you're gonna, you know, these are these are the most effective, reasonable measures you can take. There are going to be people who screw it up intentionally. There are going to be people who screw it up accidentally. There are going to be people who are better at it or not better at it. And no amount of legal uh, mumbo jumbo is going to change that. So I always say this: like you can outlaw whatever you want, but it's not going to change the conduct. You know, you can make it a crime all you want uh, for people to drink and drive, but historically it's not stopped it, right? You can, I mean, you can really pound your fist and say, now it's really, really against the law and it's really, really serious now. And it still happens. It doesn't justify the behavior. It, the point is uh, making the rule doesn't mean that it's going to change the conduct. We need to influence the conduct uh, from, from a different angle, from prudence, from experience and you know if your business is cleaner jared than the guy next to you you're getting the business if you have the sanitation station like you're talking about they're coming to i'm coming to your store because i know i'm safer there and you can't there is no legislation that can replace that right i mean it's like if you're doing it and the other guy's not well guess what he's going out of business or he's going to catch up that's my take on it but
1: all right. I guess on that, I just had I just got to visit a visitor guest here. Pop in real quick. Come on, Shorty. Short, shorty just walked in. She's she's got to go to work. She's she's got OCD cleaning. There shorty. She's coming to say goodbye. She you can listen to yourself later today. Oh, great. How's everyone doing out there in podcast land?
0: They're better now. They got they got Shorty's input going to work, <laughs> keeping America clean, sanitized, right. and safe.
1: That's right. Every day. Wash your hands.
0: There we go. So with that message, wash your hands from Shorty. This has been Lawyer Talk off the record, doing another Blitz Fest on Wednesday with Randy and Loper 99.7, at least until now.